Hey everyone, Mike here again, and it's my pleasure to provide an introduction for this special bonus edition of the Pub Trivia Experience, where I get to talk a little more about a music project called the Datacorns. If you listened to the trivia episode we were on earlier this week, you know this already, so feel free to skip ahead. But the Datacorns were formerly called the Dadbods before we had to rebrand to avoid any trademark issues. We recorded this interview with Chris before the name change, but we still wanted to share it with everyone. So as with the trivia episode, there's a rather obvious and ridiculous edit over every mention of the old band name. We had a great time talking about our process writing and recording our debut EP, Sanity is Waning, and we hope you find it interesting. Once again, a special shout out to the other members of the PT Network for giving us this platform, and especially for my good buddy Chris for putting up with us. I hope you all enjoy the interview, and be sure to check out our music. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Pub Trivia Experience bonus edition. My name is Chris, and I have the pleasure of hosting a little four-way kind of trivia, but not really trivia. We're here with the Dadicorns. Woo! Now, I did not tell them this, but we are going to start with a little bit of trivia. So if you listen to our episode on Monday, you will know that there were... You know, six questions, four questions that we went through. I've got two more of those. <laughs> oh, no. oh, We're going to no. start with these real quick. Love it. All nice. right. So I'll read the question. Y'all come up with your answers. Lock in when you're ready. We'll get our trivia out of the way first. Then we'll start talking about some epic music. Question number one. So for those that haven't listened to it, this is how it works. Uh, the uh, every question will have two parts. The first will be a clue to a word, and the second will be a clue to a word that sounds like the word you're looking for. So, for example, the 33rd president of the United States sounds like a factual male. That would be a true man. Truman. Question number one. First one to lock in, we'll let you go with it. So you're not each going to get the answer. Just lock in, then we're going to go into the beers. So here we go. The Confederate general who led the attack on Fort Sumter, thus starting the Civil War, sounds like comedian Burnham giving someone best wishes. Locked in. Locked in. Damn it. Jeff. <laughs> that would be Beauregard. Yep. Beauregard is correct. Yep. yep. God help you with this one. <laughs> you know, you, you all music fans, you might have this. The last one, the former Fifth Harmony group member whose first hit single was named after the city she was born sounds like a desert animal singing the note that comes before T. Locked in. Go ahead. Uh, it's Camila Cabello. I don't know what the hell you mean by the second part, though. <laughs> La, Camila. Camel, Camilla. La, La, Tito. La, Tito. No. Camel, uh, no. Yeah, that was... <laughs> yeah, I, I figured Camila Cabello, but yeah, I had no idea where I, he was going I, with. I know Camila Cabello because still she, in that in that song she sang about my home neighborhood, East Atlanta. Yeah, I think she kind of dissed it. Cam but still, she sang Camel about my Law. That makes yeah, sense. Right? Camel Law, Camilla. Yeah, Camel Law sounds like. Didn't say it's, it's exact. It sounds like so. Yeah. Camel Law, Camilla. Yeah. 
All right, well, there you go. Ben did not really participate in the last episode. It already has more correct answers than I think. Uh, than me? Than I think, well, no, actually, you all did pretty pretty damn well that last episode. <laughs> all right. It was fun. I like my score of one. Let's go ahead. Let's <laughs> meet our, con- our, not our contestant. Let's meet our panelists here today, the band members. Let's start off Huntsville, Alabama. Mike Mott, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking? Chris, I'm doing great. Uh, I mean, I'm literally staring at the screen with four of my favorite people hanging out, having a good time, drinking some beers. This one is a pumpkin beer because, uh, quite frankly, it's a treat to be with you guys. So I brought some pumpkin pie treat here with me. Uh, this is from Prairie Artisan Ales. Uh, sour ale with pumpkin pie spice blend. I am a basic bitch after all. And toasted marshmallow flavor. It is that season. It is the fall. Uh, I think I had this on the podcast before. It's a delicious beer. I enjoy it. I'm not usually a huge sour fan, and I wasn't sure how it would go with the pumpkin pie spice, but it actually works really well. Good to know. There we go. Let's head it up to Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm still mad about NC State, Jeff. How are you doing? What are you drinking? (laughs) (laughs) I'm fine. Um, I'm half thematic today because I ran out of Saint-Germain. So those of you who are Listening to the last episode, know that I have one purple drink and one yellow drink as a uh, shout out to uh, a track that we have on the, our album. Uh, we'll talk about it in a minute, but I only have the purple drink right now. It's just the uh, end of days, Luna Bloom, Butterfly Sea Flower Gin. In the Glencairn glass, too. Yep. Purple gin, purple gin. <laughs> what I could only assume there was Jeff doing his own tribute to Chumbawamba. <laughs> Let's head out to Seattle, Washington. Ashok, my friend. Same yeah. to you. Drinking How are you doing? What's drinking? drinking I am doing really good. I'm actually done drinking because I finished my drink during the the trivia episode that we that's going to air earlier in the week. So I am drink free at the moment, but I'll be going down and drinking something else when I get down there. I'm not sure what yet. All right, and last but not least, uh, this town made famous by the childish Gambino. From Atlanta, Georgia, Ben Stark, my friend. How are you doing, sir, and what are you drinking? Well, I am doing spectacular. I've been wanting to talk about the Dadic Orns since time began. (laughs) I am in Atlanta, and I am drinking some lovely Coca-Cola. Also, there is Delta Airlines and Ted Turner in our city, and I'm willing to talk at length about all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Also, Outcast, I assume. Outcast. (laughs) India Ari, John Mayer. John Mayer is currently 85-ing. I'm assuming on 85. At some point, Ted Turner owned like a giant, like a giant compound south of Tallahassee. I love how you threw India Ari in there. Like <laughs> the Braves literally clinched today and you didn't even mention that. Wait, there's a baseball team? <laughs> <laughs> They're out in Cobb County. He wouldn't know. <laughs> you should know your city subsidizing how much of that stadium, for God's sake. That's a good point. <laughs> it's in Cobb County. It's outside the city now. They're dead right. to me. OTP. Fair. <laughs> yeah, you know me. Yeah, you know me. me. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm dealing with this. I need a drink. Yes, you do. What you, Please do, Chris, sir. how you doing? And what you drinking? I got myself. I'm doing all right, Mike. It's been a little bit of a day. Uh, got some news today, work-related, that was just less than ideal, so it's caused some stress, but I'm alive, I'm here, and I still have a job, so I'm not going to sit here and complain about it. It's just, just know that the the next three months will be very, very, very busy for me. 
But uh, I went ahead. I popped myself. I'm not an IPA guy, but I won this at a charity auction. It's my last one of the group. This is from the Tampa Bay Brewing Company. It is their Coral Head India Pale Ale. And I love it just because that freaking uh, beer can is awesome. Oh, that's nice. That is nice. I want that for my book. It is absolutely dope. So even if you just Google Tampa Bay Brewing Company Coral Head, you'll be in a good spot. Uh, Also, if you go to the Tampa Bay Brewing Company, there's two locations in Tampa. There's one in Oldsmar. There's one in Tampa over in uh, Central Ebor. Get the Bomb Burger. Yes. Seconded. (laughs) It is a hamburger based baked completely inside of pizza dough. Yeah, it's basically a hamburger calzone, but it's a hamburger. Sweet God. Honey, we got to go to to Tampa now. (laughs) (laughs) You let me know. I'll meet you there and I'll buy the first round. Well, uh, let's 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 start with the genesis of this. Y'all, all all four of you are here. Take me back. Like, take me back to the foundation of the Dadic Orns. Take me back to that. I'm assuming rainy day in Nashville. Yeah. So, well, before <laughs> before we get there, like, I think I think we should just say, say like, this is almost 20 years in the making because mm-hmm. we've had various musical projects over the years and never one with all of us involved, even though it's always been something we've discussed. It's just part of the, no, 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 that's not true. We had Oreo euthanasia. We, we did have Oreo euthanasia. That's, that's fair true. Point. Yeah. We, that we all true. had pieces of that. Yeah. Yes. That, that, that was a group project. <laughs> that is true. But this is the, we did not have Ben involved because he, he wasn't part of that initially. Ashok, do you want to explain Oreo euthanasia? Because it's just <laughs> yeah, like, let's start with Oreo euthanasia. <laughs> I think it's better if you don't. I just want to leave that dangling in the ether for a while. So, really briefly, this was back when we were all in college, and I went down to visit Nashville, visit the guys down there, um, and we started mucking around with guitars at like eleven thirty at night. Of course, we were drinking, um, and we decided to write a song based on words we could spell with chords. So the first song we wrote for this project was called The Cabbage Song. And of course, the chord progression spelled out cabbage. We wrote a whole song around it. And it evolved Uh, from there because there's only so many words. Yes, you're a rabbit. (laughs) (laughs) There are only so many words you can create with, you know, the letters A through G. So we started started inventing chords. (laughs) Yep. So we created R chords and S chords and other letters and created songs like Cuba, you know, in parentheses, (laughs) Fidel. And we created, you know, Art Deco. We never created an O we never, chord. We never but... came up with an O chord. So oh, no, no, no. We had the O I chord. And, us going, Ow! <laughs> and every line of that song ended with us going, Ow! Ow! and so, and the reason the band name came about is because Jeff, bless his heart, could not understand what P.O.D. was saying in their, what was the song called? Youth of the Nation. Youth of the Nation. Yeah. Because Youth of the Nation, for some reason, instead of saying we are, we are, or Jeff kept hearing Oreo euthanasia for Youth of the Nation. And we decided we had to go with that as the band name because it was too ridiculous for this project. I'd also like to call out a shook here for being the only non-Southerner on the pod right now, but correctly using the condescending bless his heart. That's uh, that's impressive and hey, a be uh, fair. Shout out I lived in I did live in Northern Virginia, which is not really the South, but I did live in really Richmond south. too. It's true. I yeah, spent a true. lot of time amongst the natives of Richmond, and I got told bless my heart a lot as a low med student, so uh, I totally yeah. understand. But yes, I have learned the appropriate way for bless his heart. So besides okay. Oreo euthanasia, but, there right? Was also so there, 
there were there were there were a, there were a great many, but like, but yeah. So you know, Ashok had wandering philosophies. Jeff and I were unexpectedly part of unexpectedly sober for a while. There's been a lot of music projects over the years. It is really is really the bottom line. And but really, just life and geography had really intervened from allowing us to really just form together and uh, have a music project together. Now, for just for just a little bit of background, Ashok, Jeff, and I all went to high school together. And then Jeff and I went on to the same college, and that's where we met Ben. Uh, but Ashok was was very uh, very much involved with that because he came down to Nashville a lot, and we just all we all had a very tremendous rapport together. Mm-hmm. And yada 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 to 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 make a long story short and get and get to the crux of the matter. I guess it was a, probably almost a little over two years ago at this point, and really, it really was Ashok's idea, I think, and mm-hmm. it just kind of became like we all had kids roughly the same age and we were like, let's all get together as an outlet for, you know, all of that and write music about those experiences. So I'm going to jump back a little, just a touch from there. It's about two years ago. You're right. So this came about because I was actually talking to my wife and I was lamenting how right. I miss hanging out with, with the guys here. And I was like, I need some way to connect. Cause on, you know, we're really far away in Seattle. The three of you are in much closer in the South. So you get a little more opportunity to go spend time with each other and see each other. And my wife made the suggestion, well, you all have kids and you all love music. Why not do something around that? And the idea percolated in my head for a couple of days. And then I threw a message out to the guys and I said, Hey, what do you think about doing this? And Jeff and Mike kind of jumped in, you know, both feet in. We brought Ben on too, and jump, everyone jumped in, and the group was formed. And then we just started working on music. And I would say, probably for the first time in a very long time for all of us, the musical creative energy just started flowing, and yeah. the songs were just coming out pretty quickly. I think within within a month or two of starting this, we'd already had a half dozen tracks, kind of panned out or, or thought about or even some of them even completely written yeah but it was the, for the first time in a long time at least for me first time in a long time i was actually able to write music and not really think too much about it or think too hard on it it just came yeah absolutely like the 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 spider webs that kind of tie all this together is kind of weird and fascinating <laughs> the connective tissue there is long like there's a a long history here of of relationships that have kind of stemmed together. What I love is the fact that you've come together now and put together this EP, six songs, all of them freaking bangers. They're good songs. Thank you. Appreciate that. I want to just take a second. Let's go through them one by one because you you kind of, you alternated uh, singing duties, stuff like that. But let's, let's kind of start at the beginning. So uh, I don't pay for Spotify. I'm using YouTube music, but they do have it on there. (laughs) <laughs> song number one is the noodle so let, let's start there how did this song come apart how did it come apart there you go it didn't come apart how did this song come together and talk me through the inspiration in it all right yeah i'm starting this one off aren't i uh yep so this was uh first off you know chris mentioned that he is uh you know spending a couple of hours with us this evening and having to drink constantly to get himself through it so shout out to dick hodgen at osceola studios in Amen. north carolina Heck yeah for putting up with us for 
two entire days and then several hours of meeting afterwards to mix and master and so forth. Uh, great guy. Lots of fun to work with. Lots of fun to record with. Um, and, you know, guy who has recorded bands like Hootie and the Blowfish in the past coming and working with us and enjoying it is, is, is and putting the amount of effort that he put into it, into this record is uh, really impressive to me. So, um, so shout out to Dick Hodgen here. Here, here. Great guy. Um, anyway, the noodle. Um, the genesis of that one was, you know, just like the first verse of it is a trip to uh, Pullen Park that Dorothy and I had uh, at one point, you know, she was fairly little you know, and she's toddling around. She loves this carousel they have at Pullen Park here. Uh, it's only about two miles away. So I hook up the bike trailer and we usually bike down there. Uh, I don't like to drive places that are less than two, three miles away. So, you know, we, we ride down there. It's kind of a little misty spring day and uh, you know, we have lunch and it's time to get back home and Dorothy, my now five-year-old, then like two or three-year-old is just kind of like not having it. <laughs> and, you know, she's just kind of flopping on the ground and crying and people are looking at us because, you know, mostly looking at us with sympathy because Pullen Park is a place with a lot of kids and every parent has gone through this, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? Yep. Every parent has had that time where they can't get their kid to do something that they really need to be doing at that point in time and just kind of going boneless and turning into a noodle. And so it just kind of percolated in my brain for a while. And so I wrote the, the, the course, you became the noodle and you know, threw that first verse together. And then the guys uh, you know, obviously had those experiences themselves and wrote a couple of verses based on those same experiences. So uh, I think the other thing that's really cool about The Noodle and one of the reasons why I really like it as our first track is it showcased each of us individually. Yep. We really wanted to have each of us kind of showcase our vocals and then tie it all together at the end where we all experience our child at one point being the noodle. Right. And I really like that about, about this track. Yeah. That's definitely one of my favorite things too. We, we, we built in each voice and by the, by the, the time that third, third chorus kicks in, we're all just singing about the, you know, all of our kids becoming the noodle at one point in time because they're just completely unmanageable and, you know, just thrashing around and uncontrollable. Yeah, I, I love, I love the climax that it built up to at the end, though. Like waking you up at four, like that. that that's like it. It never ends being a dad. So. Right. Yep. Ex exactly. Yep. And that, that was, yeah, that was one of the funny, the fun things that we did. Uh, it's a little, it's a little bit of a subtlety at the end of that track, but Jeff came up with that in the studio. He goes, the way that it needs to be in terms of the measures that we each come in reflect the time zones that we live in. So he's first because he's on the East Coast, and then it's me because I'm on the Central, and then there's a gap because none of us are in Mountain, and then there's and then a show comes west. in at the end because he's Pacific. Yep, it's 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 funny funny little thing, but yeah, the um that song was actually really it posed an interesting challenge because we were recording to to click tracks and we had to slow it down, and then kick back into the the uh, the rhythm of the rest of the song at the very end. So that was, that was kind of a fun one to record. I, I thought it was, there was a lot of interesting things that we learned from that. 
Yeah, poor Dick Dan there had an aneurysm. Yep. It's a it's a it's a great song as someone who has a toddler who has decided to be bat crap crazy recently, including <laughs> trying to intentionally throw herself down the stairs, thinking it would be oh. fun. Oh, yes. lovely. Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, the noodle definitely rings a uh, rings a bell. <laughs> let's let's move right along here though. So clean up. <laughs> we've all it been there no introduction but take us away yeah yeah clean up clean up is definitely um like the, the noodle the noodles are fun it's a bouncy opening track and then of course it's like we want to kick it up a notch turn up the volume a little bit this is kind of our this is our green day punk song ashoka i believe that was kind of that was kind of the vibe you were going for you came to us with the chorus that's what we right. started with the chorus and then it, it this was this was a fun little effort because um, Jeff kind of started working on some verses and then I came in with the pre-chorus and we just kind of all put it together. Um, my, my favorite thing about the about this song is that when we kind of recorded some demos, it was just it was kind of it sounded the chorus kind of sounded like the first chorus of the song all the way through, and then in the recording studio. I'm still amazed that I kept my composure on the vocals because all of a sudden Jeff and Ashok must have collect, must have like had a little conspiratorial <laughs> collaboration beforehand because yeah. all of a sudden they start singing the part about your shit is on the floor and I was like, don't laugh, keep singing, that's hilarious. Yeah, Ashok looks at me and just kind of explains like, yeah, we should just get louder. And yep. Then, yeah. <laughs> That was it. The other thing I love about this song is I came up with the chorus and it it truly was my homage to Green Day because I'm, I'm a sucker for Green Day, particularly oh, yeah. albums in the 90s. Um, but I got the chorus. I wrote it. I shared it with the guys and I was like, I'm stuck. I could not for the life of me think of yeah. verses. I had the music for the verse. I had kind of a rough idea of what it would sound like. And we sat down in like a, a you know a video meeting and just was like I don't know where to go with this. And within twenty minutes, yeah, we had a whole song written just because the ideas that came out and the 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 things that we experienced as parents of crap being everywhere from play doh to dolls to whatever. Yeah, I think Dorothy had left out her play doh at yeah. one point yeah. the night before, and I was like, it's like a tortilla. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you did that, and I said, like, hey, look, there's a doll in the corner, and that became part right. of the song. Yep. It was just like we, it's just we looked out at our house and we're like, hey, this is this shit that we have all over our floors, and it just worked. And then I, I will say the one thing that I'm also very proud of is the ad lib at the end of the song. Oh yes, that that was completely <laughs> ad lib. Yep, that was that we we hadn't planned it out, but at the end of the recording. I think on a whim, I just said it. And once it was done, we were all just like, that needs to be in there. And it stayed. So listen to the track (laughs) to the ending and you'll see that little ad lib bit of me saying bye bye. The other little part that I like was uh, we changed it from you're going to make me pull my hair out. I figured if I'm the one singing it, I have to be (laughs) like, you're going to make me pull what's left of my hair out because there's not much left anyway. so i did i did i did kind of change that like the day before we went into recording i was like let's let me sing this instead didn't you actually just do it you kind of ad-libbed it in the studio because i don't think jeff and i knew about it until you did and they were like yes okay maybe i forgot i i came up with it before we went into the recording studio i just might have forgotten to tell you guys about it sorry but anyway (laughs) dopey it worked it It was perfect (laughs) it was perfect well we're gonna move on to the next song here real quick um Apropos that it's the third song, but the sky and the rose. That's actually the sixth track. Not on YouTube Music, sir. Oh. YouTube Music it's, is wrong. No. Yeah, YouTube Music, yeah, YouTube got music it wrong. is wrong. Third song is purple and yellow. Third song is purple and yellow, yeah. 
So let's talk about purple and yellow. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. And has decided. <laughs> okay. So um, purple and yellow. Uh, so the other, I feel like the other five songs on this EP speak to something universal about the parenting experience. Uh, purple and yellow is a lot more specific <laughs> in a lot of ways. You know, we mentioned we all have kids around the same age. I have a child from a previous marriage uh, who is now 15, about two days before their B'nai Mitzvah, <laughs> when they were 13, uh, they decided to come out to me as non-binary. And I uh, have you know, been a supporter of the LGBTQ community for you know my most of my adult life. Uh, you know, have been the the kind of person who goes around and drags his then four year old child to knock on doors to vote against the gay marriage amendment in North Carolina. You know, get on phone banks against HB two when that came out here. Uh, you know, North Carolina is kind of a uh, fraught place to be gender nonconforming, uh, and it was kind of. I mean, it wasn't a surprise because, you know, you're a parent, you can tell, right? <laughs> right. Uh, and, but it was, you know, them adopting this identity that didn't exist when we were younger and in, in, in teenage years. There there weren't non-binary kids. Like, there have been non-binary people or people who just you know, have not adopted a male or female identity throughout history, right? Like, it's, it's been a, a, a constant. It's, you can find them in every culture and every point in history but it wasn't a specific thing like a specific category when we were younger so it's just kind of like you're adopting this thing and i know nothing about it and i'm realizing that yeah i don't understand your inner life at all but i still you know am bound as a parent to be supportive and to you know encourage you and to affirm your identity and to you know be the the loving and supportive father that you deserve and so you know when we were going through this uh whole thing you know you should write songs about your experiences as a parent and most of the songs were kind of these like fun bouncy goofy songs and so i came to the guys with like I'm not really sure if this is appropriate, but I just kind of wrote a pouring my heart out over this particular thing song. Here it is. <laughs> and, you know, this was uh, um, something that I, I came up with. The, uh, the chorus, uh, the first chorus was the first thing that came to my mind. We're so used to thinking in pink and blue, purple and yellow are beautiful too. Purple and yellow being the, the, the colors on the non-binary flag for those of you familiar with that sort of thing. Uh, and the rest of it came within like the next 15 minutes or so. Uh, and so, um, you know, after some workshopping or so, I brought it to the guys and I was like, yeah, I'm not sure if it fits. Played it for them. And they were like, oh, that's actually, we should include this. This is, this is worthwhile. So I will um, say, Jeff, one, when, you know, we were working on these fun, goofy songs and you played that song for us. And I remember we all played, you listened to it and there was a good 30 seconds of just silence because we're all just processing the Mm -hmm. power of this song. And 
honestly, when we heard it the first time, when I heard it the first time, my first thought was, this song is so powerful and it's so important. We have to share this. It's such a powerful moment. And for a lot of parents, these moments are so isolating or people think that they're isolated because no one else is going through it. And for me, having a song like this allowed us to kind of show to the world parents you're not alone a lot of us go through this or we you know we know people who are going through this we have support you know reach out we're here but just being able to talk about that vulnerable moment was just such a powerful piece that i i I can't imagine this record not having that on there just because this song it's it's such a a powerful and cathartic moment to hear that song absolutely and and the of of the many things i love about the song to me it it really, it really changed the entire project when, when you brought it, because it was at the time we were kind of like, Oh, we're going to write silly songs. And like parenting can be a lot of fun, but you know, there, you also have to deal with a lot of, a lot of stuff that isn't, isn't always, you know, fun or, or, you know, things come at, come at you out of left field. And there's, there's a whole lot of emotions that go on with the whole thing. And really, I think it, I think it expanded our all of our approach it expanded my approach too because like i know that you know the first couple songs i brought to the project were all kind of silly and i was like okay now i can i can start expanding into into other things too it was and and to this day like this the song just i i think it's i think it's so well well written because obviously i know the perspective that you're coming from but I remember listening to it and and at one point and trying to look look at it from the lens of i could almost view it as somebody who was actually on the opposite end of the political spectrum. And then suddenly it comes home because you wrote it. So vague, you know, not, not vaguely necessarily, but um, it's you, you wrote it from song. a, from a, a universal perspective of it doesn't really matter which side you're coming from. When things come home, you realize you don't know shit. And I think that's, I think yep. that's such a great sentiment. Mm-hmm. And, and that at the end of the day, you don't know what's going on inside their head that there it's, it's a beautiful song. I, I love it. It's, it's, it's gotten a lot of positive feedback from people that, that I know that have heard it. And I'm just, it's one of those songs. I think also um, I'm really proud of, of the way it came together in studio too, because it was primarily, we, we added a lot of little musical touches that I think just really beefed up the important parts and filled in uh, and just really uh, kind of made it co made it cohere as the song that I think that uh, it should be presented as. So I was, I was really pleased with how, it all came together in studio too. Yeah, I was going to add one last thought on that thing is that you know, um, having you know lived with Jeff and known him for a while, generally I've heard songs he's written been kind of these always single sort of acoustic guitar type songs, mm-hmm. um, and and it's kind of I like the layers sort of the, almost the military style sounding beat of the yeah. drum and then just the few guitar licks mm-hmm. that kind of added just a little bit to what is otherwise still more of an acoustic song still. And I, yeah, when a show came in with that that marching yeah, the, style drum was really yeah, yeah. really strong too. I didn't want to tie it back in that, you know, not everyone, obviously, you know, most parents will not have an LGBTQ child, but I think most parents will go through the, you know, the more I think about it, the more there is some universality in it because most parents will go through a period of time where they just don't understand their child at all. Right. Like Mm there will be, you know, something that their teenager does where, or some thing that they'll adopt you know, some way that they will, you know, group that they'll be a part of, et cetera, where the parent will just be like, man, I don't understand any of this shit. 
very true. You know, whether it's, you know, like uh, joining the theater club or what have you, or like being a cheer, becoming a cheerleader or challenging the existence of a gender binary. Yeah. You're, you're going to have that moment where your child is growing up and adopting things that are part of a culture that you do not understand as a adult in that particular time and place. And your job as a parent is to somehow figure out a way to be okay with that. So, um, and that, that is really the, uh, the, the centerpiece of the, the, the emotional center of that song, you know, specifically relating to LGBTQ issues, obviously, but that can be expanded to any sort of, you know, cultural differences between parents and kids. So absolutely. Yeah. Makes total sense. It's just as easy for a child who, for example, decides to, uh, break from their parents' religion or any, any number, any number of things. I think there, there is very much, even though it does deal with a specific circumstance, I think there's a universality to the song that is very powerful. For sure. For sure. I will say the last thing I think we, I want to say about this song is I know for this, this particular song, it was really important to get the recording just right. Just because of the sentiment, the sentiment, the emotionality and the intensity of the song and the lyrics. The last thing we want to do was overwhelm the vocals, but we also didn't want to leave it so stark and empty. We wanted to make it have kind of a depth to it, but also you walk away feeling like there's a bit of hope to it. And I think we captured that with the way we ended up recording the song, but I will say that was the song of all the ones we worked on for this record. That was the one I probably spent the most time worrying about and thinking about how to get all the different parts working together. And that was probably the one I spent the most, probably the most time on the drums, just trying to get those drum parts as no. tight as possible for this, for that particular song. And, and ironically, probably the one we spent the least overall time mixing because we spent so much, we focused so much on nailing it in studio. Yep. It's a, uh, as someone who's got a wife who works uh, with LGBTQ plus kids on a regular basis in a state that is continuously trying to almost feels persecution, almost, almost feels, you know, like, like a persecution. That song means a lot to me. Uh, and I applaud you guys for, for taking the care with it. Um, and I, I trust that those words will resonate to people well outside of just the scope of the people on this call. I certainly hope so, but it's such an important song. I, again, like I said before, I cannot imagine this record without that song. I think like Mike had said, that is the song that opened us up to actually working on the more serious and heavy side of parenting. Cause it isn't just fun and games. There's a lot that goes in there and a lot that challenges us mentally, physically, and emotionally. And this was just, that song I think was just a great bit of catharsis for us to kind of expand our repertoire. Yeah, it was it was an emotionally training a vocal thing to do in the studio. I think uh you know, a show can attest to to uh the fact yep. that I was kind of like sobbing in a corner <laughs> after Yeah, at the end of that yeah, at the end of that recording I think Jeff needed a good half an hour just to himself and while while Mike and yeah. I worked on other aspects yeah. of the song, but it it was it was an intense process for that particular song. But I would say I think that's probably one of our most successful straight out recording that we have done all the other songs had to do a bunch of mixing and messing around with but that song i think that purple and yellow came out 
almost as close as we could expect it to come out with minimal fixes afterwards. That's awesome. There is no uh, way transitioning from that to tease with that wine. That, it's not going to be awkward. You're taking you're taking my segue, sir, because like. <laughs> You go from that to cheese with that wine, <laughs> like so just, it, it, damn. Hey, you know what? Yeah, after a heavy moment, you gotta have a light moment. Yes. So, cheese with that wine was actually probably the first song that I put together for the, the Dad Acorns, and it was actually a couple of days after I threw the idea out to the guys, and I just had this idea of. You know, for me, dad, dad jokes, puns. So it's like, it just made sense that we'd have at least one song that was kind of ridiculous. And so I had this whole thing about, you know, my girls, they're great kids. They whine like every kid does. And in my head, I've always had this statement of, do you want some cheese with that wine? And (laughs) the song just birthed from there. And I would say from that first line, you know, do you want, you know, would you like some cheese with that wine? The song wrote itself probably within 30 minutes. I had all the lines figured out. I had the puns. I had backup. Vo- I had the whole thing put together and figured out. And then the, the guitar part, I played like three or four different guitar parts. And I was like, wait, this one works. And I just ran with it. Um, and there's a whole bunch of cheese puns in there, which made me giggle in- incessantly because I, I just love puns, as, as do all of us. Um, but it just it was just one of those fun songs that we just had to throw out there. And it's all about you know, your kids whining and being the snarky parent of like, you're whining, here's some cheese. Um, (laughs) And it's just, it was just, it just came together. And I would say the idea of putting it right after um, Purple and Yellow was exactly what Jeff said. It's, it's such an intense song. You can't go to anything really intense because it's just too much. You just have to do something lighthearted. It's kind of like you've had an exhausting day. You're, you know, frustrated. You've done everything you can do as a parent. And at the end of the day, all you can do sometimes is just laugh because you're just like, it's ridiculous how much we have to put in. And that was kind of that transition between from purple and yellow to cheese with that wine. It was just that moment of, all right, I give up. I can't be any more emotionally charged. I'm just going to laugh about this because it's just ridiculous. <laughs> there actually is, interestingly, uh, I always have a, a vague connection between these two uh, songs because when I got to high school, one of the first assignments we had was like to, to write an essay and then critique each other's essay and we got the critique back the first line of the critique we got back was would you like some cheese with that wine <laughs> uh, the person who wrote that would later come out as a trans woman <laughs> so it's uh jane natoli uh oh it's oh that's that's, yep. that's interesting so, yeah yeah as soon as you said that i knew who it was yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I can even see the script in my my my. Uh, my see, I never knew her in college, but I knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, uh, or in uh, high school, I mean. Fun. But, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I knew I, I knew I them in high school and in high school. So yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's a vague connection there, right? Like, so like, I always associate that phrase with trans woman now. So like, um, it's it's kind of maybe it makes more sense in my brain then all right cool i think the other thing about the about that song and i will say when we when i first proposed this project i was i had this fear of we're gonna stick with this for like a week or two or a month or two and it's just gonna you know fitter away because we're all we've got lives we're all super busy we got stuff going on but then i brought out that song and the guys just got in there like wait this sounds fun this is good and i I feel like at least in my head it kind of birthed the idea that we can actually write decent music 
that's yeah. fun and energetic, but also just about our experiences being parents. And it's one that's universal. I mean, every kid, every parent has kids who whine from time to time. So it's just, it just felt like this was, it was a, a fortuitous start to a really fun project. Yeah, absolutely. So we move from there to a song that might be mistitled because this, the next song probably should be titled Earworm. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, you have this, no idea. This this song has been stuck in my head for a while. Talk us through this a little bit. Actually, maybe I should take this ben. one for the start. Yeah, Ben. Oh, yeah, Ben. You yeah, ben is leading this one. The, the, oh, yeah. the, 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 this one is my contribution. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's still a, it was a collaborative thing, but so basically. The, the chorus, whoa, whoa, the song is stuck in my head, has existed in some form for almost 20 years now. Yep. Like, I had an ambition. It was, you know, look at Mbop. Look how that gets stuck in your head. Look how much people hate you for it. Look at everything is awesome. Look how much people hate you for it. That was my ambition. I'm going to be that guy. And Ben, <laughs> just for, for those who are listening, if you go to the Daticorns YouTube channel, we yep. have the video of us singing the chorus of this song from 20 years ago. It when is when oh we God, originally really? came up with it. Right. Yes. On and a, on a, on a road trip, on a road trip back to Virginia. But what I, yeah. so, so I, I had this perfect earworm of a, of a chorus and nothing to tie it to. Like I, I had, you know, I, I had different lyrics and stuff. And then when, when we became, when the Dadic horns came together, uh, I suddenly had, the basis for something to include it with and it's yep. how annoyingly catchy disney songs are so <laughs> so so it, it, it the, the two the, that merged when i had the i asked i asked the guys to start like just throwing out disney songs at me like and like you know the, the obvious ones that begin with are you know um let it go from frozen and we don't talk about bruno from encanto because those are the ones that all our kids would be singing incessantly uh mm-hmm. in, in recent yep. years and so you know my kids don't talk about Bruno and they won't let it go. And from that, like the ambition became to throw in as mezzy, many Disney references as possible. And we got quite a few in there. Yeah. And yeah. then, then, it, then a show punched it up, uh, including you know, chicken little shooting of, all, I mean, of all things. I mean, you, you, you kind of got rid of my Hakuna Matata reference, uh, to include chicken little, but I forgive you. Um, <laughs> I appreciate that only because I do have a soft spot for Hakuna Matata. I like that song and chicken little who cares. Fair enough, but, but it uh, worked better melodically with the song. I think that's really what was the yeah. ultimate sacrifice. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so you know, I think I think uh, yes. I always just wanted to have uh, an earworm, a super catchy thing that, like I said, in the lines of Mbop, where everything is awesome. And I think you know, I, I I threw out sort of the first draft of it there, um, and and tried to include as many Disney references. Uh, Ashok punched it up with even more references, and then everybody started like having you know, ideas for how to make this even more catchy. Hand claps make things catchy. Right. Uh, Acapella <laughs> makes things catchy. Yes. Right. We threw out... Thro- thro- throwing in It's a Small World Harmony. Yes. <laughs> that, that, that well, I have to evil. share this story because so, that, that was part yeah, of the sure point. That. But so we were playing around with, with, with this song and we were messing around with it. And I was listening to it a couple of times just to kind of get a feel for like what, the dem- what we had as a demo. And out of the blue i just started singing the it's a small world bit and i was like holy shit this actually fits this part of the song and then so we had with the group of us had a meeting and i played the song and i sang it for them and everyone was like no (laughs) and i was like we have to we have to do this now i do have a tie to it's a small world 
when I was seven or eight, I can't remember exactly how old, we went to Disney World in Florida and we were on the It's a Small World. It was myself, my dad, and we were on the ride. The ride track broke down. Yep. So we were stuck on It's a Small World and it kept playing. Oh, yeah. They we don't could stop not, it. They would not, we could not get off the ride. Remember, It's a Small World at like six inches of water. You can walk out of there. They would not let us get out of the boat and they would not stop the music. You're like the for, third person who's told me that too. I've heard several for, people, yeah. So there's a, a um, speak somewhat common. There is a story out there of someone who sued Disney World. A paraplegic man got left in there for something like six hours. <laughs> <laughs> and sued oh, Disney for emotional man. distress. That's oh, funny. God. As rightly yeah. they should, but yeah, so we, I was stuck on that ride for a good two hours, and I will say I did not go on that ride again for t- over 20 years. And then we <laughs> took our girls, you know, after they were born, we took them to Disneyland, and that was the first time I had ridden that ride since I was seven or eight. So it's probably closer to 30 years that I had ridden the, that The ride. advantage of the small world ride is it's air-conditioned, okay? That is true. That <laughs> That's is true. true. That is true. Ashoka, it helps I have it on pretty good authority, by which I mean my wife, that the Disneyland version of It's a Small World is actually far superior to the Disney World version of It's a Small World. <laughs> Either way, it is not a ride I wish to get stuck on again for two and a half hours. No, to- or, total, totally understand. But we, we had we had so many fun little flourishes that we added to that song. Yeah, th- th- this was, this was a, uh, a lot of just, let's throw that in. I love that we decided to just randomly auto-tune my voice toward the end <laughs> to just add that little extra bit of annoyance right towards the end. Like, well, yeah, like, and that was, and that was, that was all Dick's idea. He goes, he goes, you're trying to make an annoying song. What's the, what's the only way we can make this more annoying? Let's auto, let's do some auto-tune on his right. voice. The fact that Dick was so game for this. Yeah. It really was that little extra fuck you to that song. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was beautiful. That was another one that there were, there were so many little, little things that we kind of came up with in studio that really, really enhanced that song just a little bit. One of the funny things I had about this song was that the, the zoom meeting where we were largely working on putting this song together. Yeah. Happened to coincide with a, uh, a a booth that my wife had at at clouds brewing up here. And I was going to say, weren't you sitting by a tree when you came up with the riff? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I had brought my guitar along because I was like, well, I got to meet with the guys and, you know, I'll watch the kid except, you know, for during this period of time when I was going to go out and meet with the guys to, to, to do, to do the song. And during that time, you know, my daughter would be with my mother-in-law and be able to walk around the festival. And so I kind of snuck around <laughs> away, you know, by this tree along this access road in this industrial park in North Raleigh. <laughs> and yeah, I'm just kind of like sitting there strumming my guitar for whoever the fuck is walking by at the partic- right. particular point in time. Uh, just having my, my phone sitting there in front of me coming up with various ideas for how to move from i think we had already had the chorus riff at that time so like how do we you know put together a verse riff that makes sense and that moves the song forward from this to that and ended up working out okay but it was still just kind of funny that i'm just like a refugee from this random festival playing guitar by a tree <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> i feel like that's somehow writing a, a song with people everywhere. in alabama and washington state and georgia <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> what what one final tidbit about this song though that I that I do love is when we recorded this in the recording studio the first time when we recorded this at the very end, like after 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 he cut he cuts the recording, uh, Dick Dick uh, at Osceola goes he just goes fuck guys you didn't tell me you were gonna do that <laughs> he's, he's like I hate you and I hope you get sued. <laughs> <laughs> At the same part, there was a little bit of pride because he's like, "This song is going to be fucking hilarious." Oh, he no, he 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 did actually genuinely enjoy it, but he was he was just really funny about. And he's thing. convinced that, and probably still is convinced that Disney is going to sue us over it. Right, right. So, before we get to our last song on the EP, there was some confusion earlier regarding the order of the songs on youtube music versus what the order of the songs yeah. actually are so mike was kind enough to send me a screenshot mike what song were you listening to when you sent me that screenshot what song was i listening to when i listen when i see tim mcgraw by taylor swift yeah so actually no that's uh, no what hang on tim mcgraw is also an artist so here's that's the thing. Her first song her first hit that that actually really? is the first song off of her first album yep oh I I have I'm not I'm not I'm the first person to tell you I'm not I have not historically been a Taylor Swift fan, but I like a lot of stuff that I've heard from her, and I know a lot of people that really really appreciate her music. And so recently, I've actually been going back and listening to her entire discography, and I'm actually through three albums now, which is mostly basically through her country albums, uh, and then we're gonna get into the pop phase. But um, but yeah, I actually just finished listening to Speak Now this afternoon, and then it basically default Spotify's uh, little algorithm defaulted me back to uh, to Tim McGraw, which is the first track off her first album. Uh, and I feel no shame because I have actually through that journey already, without even getting to her more like you know popular stuff, has given me a lot of appreciation for her as an artist. And I feel no shame. And so fuck you, Chris Ligori, for judging me. <laughs> It wasn't necessarily judgment. No, I know. Or absolute shock. I know. I've got, I've got like old dad acorns. The connection to it, like like when our our firstborn was was born, was around the time that uh, she was like going full pop, and uh, when we were trying to rock the kid to sleep, or when, or when he was he, he was feeding, he, we would like pass the time like you know when I had like a, a month off of, of from work before going back. We would like pass that time like playing Taylor Swift videos. So we saw like yeah. all of her songs through about 2014, like Taylor Swift videos. So, you know, yeah, no judgment. Hey, as yeah. a parent, you do whatever you can to get through the day. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. So, but, but I will, I will say this just to restore a little bit of my street cred. I've recently been going through, going back through three discographies. Uh, the other, in addition to Taylor Swift, the other two have been The Cure and Guided by Voices. So I'm definitely all over the place recently. <laughs> Mike, let's be fair. You never had street cred. We're good. Uh, it's 100% <laughs> true. And speaking of not having street cred. As one member of our band once said, dignity is overrated. It's a good point. <laughs> well, with that being said, the last song, The Sky and the Rose. Who wants to kick us off here? I will I will own that one cuz so this is a song that I actually had the guitar riff for this song probably about 15 years ago. I had this little guitar bit that I loved to play and I never could figure out what I wanted to do with it. I played it for the guys 
And I was like, this is something I really like. I don't know what to do with it. So I've that's been for a long time has been like my guitar practice starter. I'll just pick that up, play that for a few times to kind of warm my hands up and then start playing the guitar. And, you know, I, we were thinking about the album and it's like, we've got all these great poppy, you know, bu- bouncy, fun songs. But at the end of the day, you got to put your kids to bed. You need something to calm them down. And so my thought was, all right, let's do a lullaby. And so this particular song I wrote as a lullaby to my girls. And the the sentiment behind it is, you know, and I was thinking, you know, when a kid goes to sleep, especially, and I thought of this a lot when I was little, was like I would always ask myself, I fall asleep. Where am I going? Where did I end up? And it's that whole, like, your consciousness goes away, and it's like, where do you go? And so part of that as a parent, it's the, you'd sit, you'd sit with your kid, you'd watch them fall asleep, and you're like, I don't know where you're going, but I will be right here when you wake up. And that's where that those that line in the song came from. It's just that notion of you're going to travel, you're going to hit your dreams, you're going to do all these things, whether they're fantastical or horrific, um, because, you know, nightmares and whatnot. But when you come back, when you wake up and you're awake, I'll be right there to, to pick you up for the next day and just get us started. And so this song kind of organically came together over time. And I wrote lyrics. I kind of messed around with it for a while. And then I suddenly realized that this guitar riff I wrote actually fit it really well. And so I started futzing with it and messing around with it. And eventually it kind of came together as a track. And then I put a little bridge in the middle to add a little variety and spice to it. But I will say the one thing about this song, it is my older daughter's favorite track on the album she frequently asks me to play it or to play it for her when she wants to go to bed um she loves the song um so it's just one of those things where the song came together and it kind of tied up the album really nicely in that you know we've seen the ups and downs of parenting with you know the frustration and cleanup the ridiculousness that we had in this song um the frustration and kind of like oh my god of cheese with that wine you know the emotionality that we had with um, purple and yellow and we wrapped it up with this calming it's the end of the day and you're so cute when you sleep and we're here for you no matter what so it's just it, it kind of organically closes out the album and really ties it together and then gets us ready for the next day yep and it's also it's also the other song that we get to all come back together and sing together yep it is also the song where we made our attempt and failed miserably at being crosby stills and nash <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is uh, this is where we need some rehearsals beforehand to yes. to, to get this down. Uh, two day recording time is tough for anyone who's ever been in the studio and recorded music. Uh, it takes a lot longer than you think it does to put together a song. Mm-hmm. A lot longer. Six songs was pretty ambitious, and um, I think we did well with with the songs that we had. But yeah, there's definitely some some things where. We're just kind of like seeing what feels right. I'm just gonna guess at some notes here. Yep, this is the right. Yeah. You know, what What is a pitch exactly? <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's, a, it's it's what the what the pitcher throws towards the batter, right? <laughs> I'm a I'm a firm believer that at the end of your life, you want to have something you can leave a lot behind as a little bit of a legacy, something you can be genuinely proud of. For me, I really hope it's the show. Uh, yeah. For the four of you, though, I know for a fact you can leave and be very proud of the work that you did here. Um, I love the album. I do. I think it's phenomenal. Uh, I can literally say I laugh and I cry listening to it, which is something that I can't say for a whole lot of art out there. You know, usually art will take you to one place or another. It's an either or. 
y'all managed to land both. Uh, if our listeners haven't listened to the album, I promise you're going to laugh. And if you don't cry in purple and yellow, I... Uh, <laughs> Damn it. Oh, thanks, 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 man. Florida. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Um, but we've gone through the entire EP. We know there's some more stuff coming down the, the pipeline because Ashok was kind enough to kind of let us in on that la- during the actual live episode. Yep. But yeah, I'm looking forward to what comes next. I really am. But let's uh, want to so give you all a shot to a, sh- a shot to kind of tell our listeners once again where they can find it. And, uh, you know, tell me what of, of the of the stuff that's on there. What's the thing you're most proud of? You know, I would say the one thing I think I'm most proud of is the fact that we thought of this as a theme of parenthood. And we found ways to bring out the humor, the the sadness, the frustration, all the different aspects of parenthood. And we kind of condensed it into a, a 20 minute six song EP. So it's not all, you know, candy coated sugar fun. And it's not all dour down. It's really all the ups and downs of parenting. And I think the most important part is it's stuff that's true to life for each of us. We bring a little bit of our home lives, a little bit of our kids, a little bit of our parenting styles into each of the songs because it's just stuff that we've all done and i think the other piece that's really important or at least that i think is really cool about it is that this stuff is universal i think every parent out there can relate to at least one of the songs on there if not multiple songs on there are parts of all the different songs just because of the way these came, these songs came together and the way the lyrics were written it isn't so specific that it's like i don't have any way to relate to that ben what about you i mean I'm just proud to be part of a rock band, considering I've got no musical talent, no singing voice, uh, and and I, I actually don't know what a pitch is or a key. Um, so I, I'm very, uh, you know, I, I'm happy and very grateful that I've got awesome friends who let me be part of the rock band, uh, despite all that, and and be a part of the collaborative process and. Yeah, I'm glad that we've got something that we can sort of offer to the world. Um, I'm excited for everybody to hear it. Jeff. What I'm proud of, I think, is it's unclear to me how much the four of us would really have in terms of an ongoing conversation if it weren't for the existence of this band and our continuing shared creative process because through this shared creative process you know we'll talk about a song but we'll also talk about like the shit that our kid did that pissed us off or the the way that the thing that we're just like really frustrated by or like the thing that we're really worried by and concerned about and the stuff that we're dealing with as parents who all have different and unique challenges, but still somewhat universal ones. Uh, it's kind of a thing where parents in general, but dads, men especially, kind of get isolated in, in a way with uh, the things that we deal with where you know we, we kind of, a lot of us want to deal with it on our own. We, we think we need to deal with it on our own. And I think having this as not just a band, but a support group among the four of us, mm-hmm. uh, definitely that, that has, has brought us together in this kind of shared endeavor of parenting. It's our, our village our what we fall back on. 
that to me, I guess, is the thing I'm I'm most happy about with the the ongoing project here is how you know we've all been able to keep a, a you know a friendship and a relationship going with this project then i hope it continues as, as long as it can i would also add jeff i think it also helps each of us get a little perspective because we all get pigeonholed and stuck in a thing and we can bounce it out yeah. on our on us chatting mm-hmm. with each other and be like oh yeah it's not that big a deal or oh we need to i need to address it but i know it's not the end of the world and i i i I will say, like, I feel like this project has brought the four of us together in a way that I don't think anything else could have. And I think this shows the power and intensity of parenthood and how parenting with a village, with a group of friends and people you trust and inherently love, how that makes this journey as amazing and beautiful and horrific and challenging as it is, how it makes it possible just to get through it together and kind of come out the other side a little better, a little wiser than we were going in. Very well said. Mike, over to you. I Yeah, th- that was very well said. I don't know that I have a whole lot to add beyond what, Je- what Jeff said, because I think that was 100% what I was thinking as well in terms of uh, just by sharing these experiences in song. I, th- I think that's the power of music in general, um, is that music encapsulates shared experiences and shared emotions with without necessarily your you it gives you that opportunity to kind of be open and vulnerable without sometimes necessarily even realizing you're doing it within that context which uh you know especially for for some of us myself certainly uh being a a prime example of that isn't necessarily always uh the easiest thing uh but the other thing that i think that i absolutely love uh about just having this album is that my kids will periodically request songs from it. And like that, there's something just super cool about, I mean, before, before we launched the album, I'd go to my phone and I'd be like, they would, you know, they'd ask me, Oh, can you play this such and such song? So I'd go to my phone and play it. And now I can go to Spotify where I have our band saved and I could just be like, click, click. And it's playing on Spotify for my kids, you know, whenever, when they request it. And there, there's something there's just something really cool about that. Like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a very small footprint in a very large digital world, but just knowing that it's out there and that, you know, romanticizing the notion that, you know, some, somebody out there might come, come across one of these songs and, and have it just hit them in the right place at the right moment and and just give them that little extra, you know, pick me up that they need, you know, during the day or whatever it's really cool just having something out there that somebody might happen upon and it might give them you know that that is the pop pop music dream right that that little three to three and a half minute jolt of joy it's just a that's that's a great thing to to even think that there's a possibility that that i could be a part of that for some that we could be a part of that for some infinitesimal amount of time for somebody well, it's been a hell of a journey to get here. Y'all have now heard the the VH1 behind the music version of <laughs> the Daddic Horns DP. Go check it out. Check the show notes. Uh, Mike, you're editing this. Good luck, my friend. But uh, indeed, I'm sure he'll drop the link in the show notes. Anywhere yes. you get music, it's there. Uh, I might recommend Bandcamp. That way, you can uh, throw some money back towards the uh, the artist that put this together. 
But more to come from the Daddy Corns. I promise you, if you listen to me, you guys have been listening to me for what five years now. My God, what's wrong with you people? Yeah, seriously, you're going to enjoy it though. Um, listen for Ben, for Mike, for Ashok, for Jeff. I have been Chris. Thank you for tuning in, for tuning in to this bonus episode of the Pub Trivia Experience. We'll be back Sunday night, Monday morning with a new episode. Until then, have a good one.